0: Welcome back to Conscious Founders. Today we interviewed Bristol Bonn. Bristol is a former executive producer of Emmy-winning and Oscar-nominated films. She's an author and a private coach. I found our conversation to be fascinating and super fun. She founded a consulting company called Inner Astronauts that support people to become more fully alive and in service to the world. Like many seekers, she's traveled around the world finding different methodologies to come to her own personal understanding of what it means to be whole and how to help the world. And now she's uh, involved with the Institute of Noetic Sciences doing a virtual reality version of coming back from the moon, seeing the world and what that was like for the astronaut. And founder of IONS, Edgar Mitchell. I know you will enjoy this conversation as we journey from the depths of what it means to be human to the individual and the societal levels all the way up to the 10,000 foot view on the planet and way up to the stratosphere and beyond at the 240,000 mile view from what the moon might see looking down upon Earth. Today we have Bristol Bonn of uh, Inner Astronauts with us. Welcome Bristol.
1: Thank you, great
0: to be here. Awesome. So Bristol is working um, at uh, IONS helping them with a virtual reality uh, lunar landing uh, experience and it's fascinating Bristol, you've got a um, quite a background in film, um, personal development, and exploring what it means to be human and in your uh other role at inner astronauts you help uh um, all realms of people transform themselves and do personal cult coaching and business coaching and um so welcome bristol maybe tell us a little bit about your projects and what you're up to
1: thanks yeah yeah So, you know, this is the life that started happening kind of to me and through me, I would say, after I um, was really forced to my knees, uh, burning out of being a film producer in my late 20s. So anyone who knows the Saturn Return moment, um, it was very on schedule. And I, you know, once I realized that what I thought was right for the world, you know, but I, I had a bit of a superhero complex that it was my job, and my job alone to really save the world, um, and realize that no matter kind of how many, how many, it almost sounds ridiculous now when I think about it, but how many kind of world-changing movies, or you know, how many awards we could win for um, telling the stories of of immigrant kids, or. Brock running for president or um, you know about parts of America that were feeling isolated and alienated Um, it was never enough and that really caused me to um, have a major identity crisis because I was a producer so if I wasn't producing I might as well be dead I mean my mind literally believed that and that led me on this incredible adventure to rent that has led me to inner astronauts now which which is was a thought that came fully formed <laughs> it literally i've never had i'm not one of those people that like hears a lot of voices or gets you know really mystical connection to god in a very literal tangible way it's usually kind of a searching and very subtle feeling but this was literally by the domains for innerastronauts.com and i was like wow that's a cool name <laughs> and So And it really wasn't mine and it was it just felt like oh okay I'll do that did it oh it's available and then the next thing I know um you know I'm getting phone calls from people that are like hey do you, do you can you just talk are you open to just chatting and I was like yeah of course what are you talking about and the next thing I know it's leading to coaching and it's actually a business and never was life coach or business coach executive coach on my list of dream careers you know so this whole thing has been an incredible venture holding and I love everything that I spend time doing I and I can't even imagine putting something on my calendar that I didn't want there and I know what a privilege that is I really do and I am um, so so grateful so all that said I uh, the, the virtual reality project emerged through a conference at Esalen called digital rain that is a meeting of people from all different backgrounds but primarily the realities so virtual reality augmented reality and um, mixed reality and um, and and then people who study consciousness and so you know we had the founder of Tom oh I'm gonna blank on his name he's an amazing the virtual founder of the virtual world society this incredible man who was one of the cr- literal founders of and inventors of virtual reality, when working for the military, and building that first virtual cockpit uh, of a fighter jet that rocked, you know, the 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 pilots, and they were like, "Wait a minute, is this real or not real?" And he realized the power of that technology, and was like, "I got to get the hell out of here." So he left the military. Mm-hmm. He traveled around the country. He started working in education, and now he is um, teaching high school kids of various demographic backgrounds, how to build virtual realities. so it's like, that's the kind of people that kind of come together to discuss, okay, what is consciousness? How do we harness this technology and storytelling and immersive storytelling for, um, you know, deep human transformation, healing, engagement, creativity, wonder, awe, you know, things like that.
0: And what so. a what a perfect background you have with your film career. Um you studied at was it American University in DC um early on and and then you later got your masters in spiritual psychology um in Los Angeles and what a wonderful combination to be able to um, bring forth all of this executive experience of building you built a company, right? Good mm-hmm. um and you built a company around producing films what one film a year for four years that had deep social impact and change which is phenomenal um, achievement in such a short period of time Um, good job superhero and then (laughs) (laughs) but you know it takes it takes a team but what an amazing set of skills now to take um, that experience and uh, transfer it into the virtual realm i've been been um, really fascinated by how many people come to virtual reality from so many different um, backgrounds. You know, there's art, um, there's clinical psychology, um, gaming, and um, science, medicine, um, and storytelling. And they all are sort of blending together in many different ways, especially in the realm of of virtual reality and um, mental health, which um, can sometimes um bridge over into spiritual health, and maybe that's a a a fun segue into you telling us a little bit about your your transition from um being a an executive into um seeking deeper connection and then your um decision to go and study spiritual psychology and how that all is blended together with where you are now,
1: yeah thank you it's it feels like I had no choice whatsoever in any of it (laughs) it's like this sense that uh, I came to uh, spirituality kicking and screaming it was something that to my mind was an absolute waste of time it was uh, you know I met People, I went to Bali because I was just in pain and I had a friend who was going. And so I show up in Bali. Next thing I know, I'm meeting all these quote unquote hippies. You know, I was a major judgmental person. <laughs> like, I lived in judgment of myself and others all the time. Um, and got there and met these two women that just radiated this loving presence and this level of freedom that I was like, wait a second. Like, what are you guys smoking? And like, where do I get it? And they said, "Yeah, we just did this program in Spiritual Psychology in Santa Monica." And so of course I had to go all the way around the world to meet people who lived 10 miles from me and tell me about this program that I immediately judged, and was like, "Oh, yeah, that sounds ridiculous. Like no way." And then had to go travel, spend about imagine that it's like it had value. But then I came home and realized, "Oh, wait a minute, all the beliefs, all the thoughts that I left with are the same. So this like addiction to achievement, thinking this is who I am, this is where my value comes from, that was all the same when I got back. And so that was where it was. I remember going to like an information night at the University of Santa Monica, going in just like, you know, being like side-eye and like squinty and just like, you know, arms crossed and totally in judgment. And then they just start quoting Rumi and just ancient wisdom and I'm just crying. And it was like, you know, my soul was not gonna let me pass up the opportunity to
0: wake up wonderful yeah and i love that um you know, the name of this podcast is conscious founders which is uh is the intention is to help other entrepreneurs um who might be at a similar junction i know that a lot of folks that that came from my world in the in the silicon valley arena where you know it's uh it's fast paced and Uh, achieve very achievement-oriented, very uh, externally achievement-oriented, and um, obviously there's a lot of money and technology, and um, people uh, acquire money and do all of the things that our society sort of tells them is the right, uh, quote-unquote, the right path to um, being a productive, quote-unquote, again, (laughs) productive member of society, which is something I grew up with, is that you must be a productive member of society but our our concept of productivity was so um for me was so rooted in um making money doing the the right things meaning the things that society said was acceptable and appropriate um and uh and then as i evolved um and also found myself really dissatisfied after making all the the moves that society was like oh we'll make a bunch of money okay go check go be a successful this a successful that check and then um as i discovered um that i was still unhappy and so there's this sort of interesting paradigm shift that happens when people do all these things make a bunch of money and realize it still doesn't fill the hole and um and they have this big gaping hole in their um their their appreciation of life so um I also had a very uh um judgmental attitude towards spirituality and and as I've grown and my understanding of uh of what spirituality is spirituality to me isn't um organized religion uh spirituality is this uh sense of belonging this sense of um uh, understanding of why we're here and how to make the most of our time here that to me, that's pretty much it. And, um, and that, you know, that's like pretty universal. Everybody kind of wants to know that. Um, the only, the only nuance there is that, uh, it's a, a broader understanding and different spiritual traditions have different, um, sets of tools, uh, that have been evolving. I feel like in our, in our society, we have, um, you know, everyone uses what they have to get where they want to go, right? Or where they need to go. But in our society, we have a very strong focus on technology as a tool. And um, so I'm really fascinated at how um, bridge makers like you and like me are using these um, ancient traditions and... um, the wisdom really uh, passed down by multiple multiple generations across many different uh, cultures to pull that wisdom in and then um, uh, put it into formats that are digestible for our culture one of those formats being uh, virtual reality so um, yeah. tell us a little bit about your work with ions and first of all what is ions and who started it, what's their mission, and then uh, how are you uh, working with them?
1: Yeah, so, thank you for sharing all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds very similar. Um, So, let's see, so the Institute of Noetic Sciences was founded by um, astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who was the sixth astronaut to walk on the moon, and on his way back from doing his work, uh, he was in the space capsule. It was rotating, I think it was every 11 minutes. It was like, you know, infinite expanse of stars, sun, moon, earth. And he was just having this, and he had this noetic moment, they call it, which is this moment of knowing the oneness of all things. And so he has this kind of samadhi, awakening experience, and is just so... Moved, deeply moved by the beauty, the fragility, the um, wonder of the earth, and how bizarre it is that we have all these manufactured um, dissonances, all these manufactured lines that separate us. And so he came back, kind of, you know, fire under his ass, and started the Institute of Noetic Sciences to study the science of consciousness. So, they've been running all kinds of experiments for many, many um, since the 1970s, mid 1970s. And what now just recently they've created a virtual reality lab, which is the director of it is Lauren Carpenter, who is one of the co founders of Pixar. And so, he is running experiments I couldn't even begin to experience. in VR, I mean, things that when he talks about it, I literally, I'm just like hoping I'm absorbing things by osmosis. Um, and so he created the lab, he like bought the super, you know, wild computer and, and all the other all gear. And so we've just been starting to play and learn. And the first project that they wanted to do was to give people the experience in five to eight minutes of Edgar's awakening noetic moment. So that, that's where I came in. I met them at this conference at Esalen and they asked me to help kind of get it off the ground. And their whole mission is, they say they're like the Apollo program, what the Apollo program was to outer space, ions is to inner space.
0: Oh, I love that, that's great. <laughs>
1: Isn't that fun? And so I was like, holy crap, this is just bizarrely, magically, beautifully aligned. And it was an experiment for me to put my toe back into the production world while trying not to lose myself, abandon myself. Um, and so it's been a, a you know personal experiment for me, wanting to work with a team that had skills, had the consciousness that I'm excited to collaborate with, and also wants to create, you know, create something ambitious and fun. Um, and so we ended up pulling in the immersive, uh, VR guys in, um, not got, not just guys, sorry, but, um, immersive VR, which is based in Ireland, David and Sandra Whelan, they own that company and they created the Apollo 11 VR experience. And so they kind of had this incredible moment of having a Kickstarter that was like, I can't remember if it was three times the amount they, they wanted to raise, but it was way funded way before the end of their Kickstarter deadline. People were just like, I want to experience that. And they invested their money. And so it's like by the people for the people kind of vibe. And, um, and so we pulled them in and they're making it with us. We're going to use a lot of their assets that they've already created. And then, um, yeah, I want to see, you know, how close we can get it so that people get to experience the overview effect, which quite a few people know about. But the overview effect is what astronauts report experiencing this, this sense of the fragility of the planet when they're outside, seeing it floating against the immense expanse of space, and that every, all the perceived, um, you know, um, rifts just kind of fall away. And it's like, oh, we have a responsibility to protect this space so they all come back with that so the dream is you know we get to facilitate that moment for everyone
0: that's amazing Um, there's so many uh, thoughts that came through my mind as you were speaking about that I'd love to know about um, the Apollo VR experience maybe you can tell our listeners about that really like the overview effect uh, as a concept because one of the things I found has been really Um, shocking and healing at the same time for people is that um, sense of belonging and the sense of community. And um, as humans we evolved to be in community and in the last mm, three to five hundred years we've had the um, what we call luxury to be isolated uh, more and more and and one of the things that's enabled that is the advancement of human-created tools and technologies. Uh, which can also help us um become more connected and have um better lines of communication but um on that on that rift i think there's just a spectacular opening uh that happens in the sense of wonderment yeah. and and humans living in that sense of wonderment is part of um my one of the things i enjoy the most is is just being in awe that we're even here and functioning and um, that we interact with other humans the way we do. And But zooming out, um, I also really appreciate scale. And, and there's nothing quite like seeing the earth from uh, outer space and then zooming in and seeing that we have all of these, um, these uh, delineations that we call countries and uh, cultures and um, but looking at the earth as a as a as an entire uh, operating um, organism really is a way of of helping people see their shared humanity and have that sense of belonging which then I believe enables them to have a sense of security and from security be more creative and from creativity be more um, just enjoy life more and and yeah. So so that's sort of the, the the logic thought on how this um the logic flow on how this can contribute to humans um well-being and mental health is is through that connectivity of um of the the wonderment and the the awe of connection. Yeah. So um yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about what the Apollo VR Kickstarter uh did and how they portrayed the Apollo experience and then what you guys plan to do at um, the Institute of Noetic Sciences um, with what footage and what that experience will look like.
1: Yeah, so I mean the little I know just from um, kind of conversations with them, was that um yeah he's a fan of of space of course and and this was an opportunity for him to be able to sit next to buzz aldrin you know in the space capsule and um and be able to go through every step so it's very scientifically accurate i think the whole thing is like 40 something minutes 45 or so. so you look an elevator, all the way at Cape Canaveral, you know, from the top to the, to the bottom of the rocket. And then you get to walk through every step and it's got the real audio. So you're really, you're listening to it and then you blast off and then you're going through the entire process of docking. And there's, you can do it two ways, watch it as a film. And then there's an interactive component where you get to actually kind of help, you know, dock on, um, I don't know what all these things are called (laughs) Um, on the space station, I think. Um, And, and then you get to like play with different things, but it's, it's pretty um, it's, I really just enjoyed the film aspect where I get to kind of sit there, have the perspective and look around and um, you know, be inside and then get on the moon and actually have that perspective as well. But just the kind of floating through space, um, having the moon rise or the sunrise and the earth rise and like all these different really epic very filmic moments. And so those are the aspects that we're going to, um, they're going to work with to create this kind of five to eight minute experience where we're going to just go from the moon back to the earth and have it and listening to Edgar's Edgar describing what his moment of his Samadhi moment was like. And so it's very meditative. The idea is that this is your own experience of awe and wonder while hearing um, his first-person perspective.
0: Awesome. And tell us, uh, I know what samadhi means, but maybe our listeners don't quite know what the concept of samadhi is. And um, just in general, it doesn't have to be like a you know, scholarly yeah. answer, but um, you'd mentioned this sort of... Um, Noetic moment of uh, walking on the moon, the wonderment of Earth, and just this this awe. Yeah. So, and, and then samadhi is sort of uh, related to that, or other other experiences in the the spiritual and religious realms. Samadhi or satori, or all these uh, these sort of flashes of insight. So, tell us yeah, a little bit about what that means to you.
1: I think it means. Um, the visceral embodied experience of what I would call truth and so I don't want to try to define truth but it would be this sense of just deep knowing um, that that yeah there's 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 an interconnectedness a complex interconnectedness that is beyond our capacity our processors ability to comprehend.
0: Oh, that was really well said. Oh, cool. I like that. I like that definition.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, 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 and it's like these glimpses. A lot. So many spiritual teachers talk about these glimpses so that they point to a truth, right? Like anytime someone says, this is the truth, then you gotta run the other way, but if it's like pointing, to a truth that's a felt experience. Mm. Then that's interesting. That to me that's a, that's that's really interesting. So I'm curious to see what what we can if we can create a container for people to have their own experience of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way it it's sort of ego shattering. Um, it, those experiences I feel are uh, can be really disorienting because um, we we get the sense that uh, what we thought we were is so much more vast and there's like, there's just so much more to um, it it, in a way it it kind of forces a person, if they may be in a place of um, feeling very isolated and removed from others, um, which is a common um, emotional um, reaction to any kind of hurt or fear is to feel either ashamed or guilty or whatever the words we have for those emotions are and pull back from society um and try and figure it out and then um what happens is um that can be that can become a an a, um expanded state of existence but this this um these moments of like awe and wonder um especially if they're um uh, encountered enough i feel like Um, they become this new worldview, this new paradigm that can be, um, that can be really impactful for not only their evolution, but their life purpose and their uh, contributions to others and uh, service to others, which has been my experience that when I'm in service to others, I tend to be very happy because I feel connected and, uh, and like I'm, Contributing to the human tribe, whatever that means.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's interesting that you say worldview because mm. that is the common theme that is emerging as I look at all the things that I that I feel passionate to work on and what I happen to have been kind of groomed to do, which is help people to just discover what their worldview is in the first place, understand it. And, um, and then being able to see it in an other and then connect, even if those things, even if those worldviews are different and start to open to the possibility that that worldview may want to shift and wondrous and of service that like, yeah it sounds like it works for me but if my worldview is contracted and painful and suffering and lonely then it's like okay what's the possibility to just slowly gently open to a new perception because that part that process is so terrifying to the mind that I, as, as you just said that I'm just realizing now it's like in everything I'm touching right now it's all about worldview it's like that lens through which we experience ourselves and the world um, yeah, the 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 opportunities to just approach it from a different few different angles with storytelling and transformation and um, really experiential um, immersive <clears throat> moments like 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 this one. Oh, there's one thing I don't think we talked about that I wanted to mention because um, it's this idea that I don't know when it'll happen, but it's I've I've been working on a science fiction book for many many years and. <clears throat> In the book, my protagonist goes into, it's a few hundred years in the future, technology is like hidden. There's only a few people who have access to it. And she goes into this like 3D, zero G chamber. And there, it's like everything's tactile. It comes into this virtual reality, but everything is of course tactile and completely experiential and it's full immersion. And she learns from masters, from history, like that's her kind of Jedi training and one of them is john muir and so my like dream project that i haven't i i I've, I've, I've have a few little steps it's it's like happening slowly slowly and i'm not in a rush is to i want to be able to walk into an experience where i am hanging out in yosemite with john muir and it feels like a real relationship like i don't want to just feel like i'm in a film like i want john muir to say Hey, how's it going do you see this tree let me tell you about this tree <laughs> and like go you know just totally inspire you know my face off with his love for for nature so that's another vr like experience that i'm excited to find collaborators and, and co-create
0: wow first of all congratulations on choosing to write a sci-fi book as a sci-fi <laughs> fan myself, I'm inspired by that. I think it's awesome. And there's something around the using the imagination in the visual realm that words can really convey. Um oftentimes when we're creating something, it you know, we sketch it out or we we write it out in words and then um and then later it m- materializes in this world. Um So that's amazing and it sounds like a lot of fun I look forward to reading the book maybe you can <laughs> give me a pre-production copy when you're ready awesome. to to have someone look at it um, mm-hmm. and I I of course I I really do enjoy John Muir and his writings and um, have found uh, his connection to earth and, and spirituality to be really inspiring growing up here in California it's uh, hard to to not um, um, let's loop back to worldview. By the way, I also when you do build that anti-gravity 3D chamber that's like the Jedi <laughs> Master training, I'm, I'm in. Okay, Definitely. Cool. Uh, <laughs> in the worldview, um, I, like, I like the whole concept of worldview as well uh, because what you're doing with ions is exactly that. You're literally giving people a view of the world, uh, of the globe, of the Earth. And um, and that is a paradigm. It is a paradigm shift. Um, and so that transition from the me, 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 I, I, I to the we, 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 us, us, us is a very um, challenging one for our society. In particular, you know, many other uh, societies evolved with that and still evolve with that sense of well, we're all in this together. Like this is all <clears throat> part of us and. Even within our culture, I feel like that, <clears throat> that does exist um, yeah. in different communities, especially, ironically, especially religious communities. There's a sense of um, camaraderie and tribalism um, and in companies with similar mission statements. Um, so as we're helping people shift out of the, the I, 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 me, me, me um, <clears throat> survival stage uh, of independence... Um, I'm curious, you know, what you think the roles outside of your own projects. What you think the roles of virtual reality might um, lend uh, to to those to that shift? Like, where do you see VR impacting people's sense of um, greater connection?
1: Oh yeah, um, I just heard a really great example of this on Radiolab. They were talking about a project in. Barcelona in a virtual reality lab where they had taken, they basically created an avatar of Freud. And so you would be sitting in a chair and then Freud would be sitting across from you and he'd say, so, you know, what's the challenge you're facing or what's what's going on? And then you talk as yourself. And then in the headset, you would become Freud and you'd be looking at yourself across from you. They've got mirrors like in the virtual space and um, and then you basically give yourself, you know the wisdom you um, And the guy was so beautiful in how he expressed just how simply it was like, yeah, it was radical, because what he saw across from him was a person in pain. Mm-hmm. And it was about his mother, and he had it's this beautiful, heartbreaking story, and so he could finally say to him, like, "Wow, you're really hard on yourself." You no, know? and then he and then he became himself again so it's it's a gestalt therapy session where you in VR where you get to physically see yourself like I do gestalt with clients but you know they're talking to a pillow they're talking to an empty chair and it's like the power of looking at yourself and and it being done because even with a mirror I bet it's not as impactful as, as it is in virtual space Um. So so that is a perfect example of how we can use VR as a means to just disrupt the identification with the I that you just so clearly laid out. That this is the this is the transition that I mean collectively, and maybe this is part of my bubble, but it really does feel collective on a huge level more than any time I've ever seen in history, is this shift from I to we Mostly because the planet is is going to, um, you know, force that on some level. Like our survival, our biological imperative is now dependent on this. So, like, whoa, but, you know. So that's that's one way that I see VR doing it. I, I what I love about it is the infinite creativity. You know, it's like it's the idea that you can work with high school kids and just say, hey, "What world do you want to create today?" Um, it starts. Oh there's another great example, virtual world society. Um but these high school kids, they get they get told okay, hey, here create your own world. And the next thing you know, they're in this brainstorm, girls and boys, and the boys are like, yeah, let's have this like battle between such and such and so, so and so, and we'll have these weapons and da da da, and the girls were like, if we get to create a world, like why would we want to have guns in it? And they're like, oh yeah. Oh, good point. And then then you just changed it you know it's like they just shifted whatever the narrative was and I mean who knows what it ended up being and not that it's like oh it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns but it's um I think just like slowing us down into a space where we start looking at the fact that we always are creating a reality in every single moment and here's just the physical world experience of actually doing it
0: Hmm. awesome Awesome. Yeah, so that self, it it almost brings to the surface um, the stories that we tell ourselves, which create our perspectives. And and that witnessing presence, it enables more of a witnessing perspective. I also, along that line, the lines of the gestalt work, like with the Freud um, application, that the witnessing of self um, enables us to remove the the habituated emotional responses that we've kind of conditioned in our stories like Mm. if for example if I uh, see um, I don't know see a chocolate bar right and I'm like oh well immediately I get excited if it's like extra dark (laughs) yummy organic chocolate or whatever and um, but you know if I look at myself from a bigger picture and then I can see more of the aspects of well do I want to why would I why do I have that response and what is that giving for me and mm-hmm. um, and is that like long-term what are the other impacts of me um devouring the chocolate bar in like two minutes versus um sitting back enjoying and evaluating my other goals and um, I think that that sometimes um, psychologists work with people to help them prioritize their activities based on the narrative that they would like to see, yeah. uh, and so this virtual environment enables people like you said to um have agency around creating their story and uh and then and or living in a story that's completely different than the one that they might have and because v r is so incredibly sensory immersive um mm-hmm it it really does feel like you're living this experience and so um uh that can help other um i call them layers or levels of consciousness there's probably other terms for them but the general uh, breakdown in the stuff that i've studied has to do with our intellectual reasoning um level of consciousness our emotional or um feeling sense of consciousness and then the embodied uh sense meaning like how our bodies will react to uh, a different um situation uh, whether we'll tense up or whether we'll relax or whether our pulse will increase or you know these are we're very much a um, we're very much all three we're our thoughts we're our emotions and we're our bodies and um one of the things that VR can do is you're actually living as though you are um you're you're operating on all three levels. You're operating as an embodied creature, you're having these emotional responses and you're also um consuming and producing thought uh, within the environment. So I'm excited to see, you know, what else emerges um and I'm really excited to check out um, your work with with ions. What is the um, product uh, that you guys are going to produce? Be what's it going to be called?
1: Um, the Edgar Mitchell one. Uh huh.
0: Um, do you have question. Do you have a title yet?
1: <laughs> we're, we're, nope. It's we're calling it the Edgar Mitchell All Experience is the, our working title, but uh, we yeah uh, we have to work that out. But open to suggestions.
0: And then <laughs> and then when do you guys plan on having that? Um, Out and how can people you know find out about it
1: yeah great question so we're we're still early days we haven't it's we're just finishing development Um, so we'll have a 360 video that will be available online we're gonna um, as of now the plan is to make it available and free for everyone and I imagine that's probably sometime next year early
0: next year wonderful and the VR uh, lab at ions if people want to learn more about that or contribute they can. I just go to. Uh, what's the website for Ions? Is it Ions.org or?
1: It should be like Noetic. Um, let me see. Actually, I don't know. So if they Google yeah. Ions or yeah. Institute of Noetic Sciences, that should pop up. I think it's Noetic.org.
0: Okay, great, uh, wonderful, and, um, uh, So the next question: If anyone wants to work with you, how do they find you? If they want to work with you as a coach or. Uh, have you come and do a talk about your experience as a filmmaker or inspirational leader?
1: Oh, thanks. Um, well, innerastronauts.com has all of my uh, information, contact information. Bristol at innerastronauts.com is my email. And right now, the opportunities. Yeah, I take on a few clients, and um, I'm also holding these speaking with presence workshops. So I've I've really been enjoying working with people on how to bring deeper presence to uh, leadership, to speaking, to um, just their being. And then uh, the other way is that um, a new initiative that I'm helping to launch is called Campaign Science, and that's where we're offering training programs where we're gonna share cognitive, social, um, linguistic, behavioral sciences and information to candidates, campaigns, and causes. So really hoping to support people that are trying to make an impact uh, with tools to help shift world view. So much deeper transformative tools than just like branding and messaging for candidates and campaigns. It's like, no, no, how do you embody the values that you say you believe in?
0: Mm, So a deeper sense of authenticity for uh policymakers it sounds like
1: exactly
0: wonderful wonderful yeah. wow that that's awesome um along the the three levels of consciousness I was talking about using um the thought and the emotion and then the 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 body um while while helping to spread one's perspective and um and passions out into the world so um, yeah. That's amazing. Well, that sounds wonderful. So, any politicians who are looking for greater authenticity, um, they can find you and help uh, to help with that. Um, not and only poli- be, not yeah. only politicians, I guess it could be anyone who has a cause that they're um, that they're working for. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, and helping people to kind of identify what is that thing that is most deeply inspiring them, how to translate that message versus leading with the cause or the heartbreak or the despair, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, how do we connect to the vision and inspiration and lead with that? Cause a lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, God bless us progressives, you know, are, we're heartbroken and there's a lot of upset and, and it's like, yes. And um, you know, how do we come back to the vision? How do we come back, you know, put the progress back in progressive, you
0: know <laughs> Nice, <laughs> the progress back in progressive, I love it. Awesome, well, Bristol Bond, thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm excited to uh, to see your products, and super excited for the training programs that you're going to be releasing soon.
1: Thank you so much. It was great to meet you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Conscious Founders. If you'd like to learn more about Bristol. Check out her website, that's innerastronauts, I-N-N-E-R-A-S-T-R-O-N-A-U-T-S dot com. And we always love to hear from our listeners. Drop us a line, Xander at consciousfounders.org. Send in any questions you have about episodes or any ideas you might have on episodes or people you would like to uh, hear talk about virtual reality and uh, well-being mental health. As always, stay healthy.